But we were approached by Fresh Expressions last year um, and asked if we would be on the on a DVD that's just come out last month. And uh, with our story, basically. Um, and I think myself and my colleague were both kind of senior ministers there and kind of share the oversight and we're both on the DVD with one or two of our other leaders as well. But in a way, I kind of find that might be a bit of a background then to what I'm the challenge for us in 2002 uh, was how are we going to shape a church that could keep on growing, that wasn't dependent upon the size of the building, wasn't dependent upon the number of professional leaders. Uh, we had a church that was full, but beyond that as well, we wanted to create a church that could engage with today's culture, um, particularly for those who would not step over the threshold uh, of the church building. We wanted to get out there and see the kingdom built uh, outside our church buildings. So now we have missional communities, and uh, these are communities of people uh, whose focus is on mission. They have a particular mission task, uh, a network that they are focusing on in terms of mission. And they can be generally anything from 15 people uh, up to 60 people. And these missional communities are sometimes called clusters. We recognise that the great tendency for churches is to kind of move inwards, focus inward on themselves. Uh, but we need to be perpetually turning ourselves outwards. So the whole process for us of uh, piloting missional communities, clusters, and then getting to a point where we have to close our church building and forcing everybody out has enabled us to think about being engaged in mission in a whole new way. This is a, a grassroots movement. So this is about mobilising everyone to be missionary disciples. And uh, we've got a whole variety of networks that are being reached uh, through these communities uh, in lots of different contexts. There's lots of diversity. And one example is uh, No Limits, which is uh, a mission community that is creating church uh, amongst those who are severely disabled. Some of our clusters are uh, meeting elsewhere, meeting communities outside the church building and inviting people to come and that sort of engage with the local community. Uh, some of us are pressing a bit further ahead into uh, being incarnational and, and trying to live in the world with other people. Uh, and amongst those we have Greenaway, which have a heart to reach people who are also concerned about the environment. We started up about three years ago. Uh, we're a group who have devised a strap line to help us describe ourselves, which is it's God's planet and we're here to look after it. One of the things we found very helpful when we were struggling is to go back to doing something like a beach clean. And we just did that this weekend and we picked up and cleaned a small um, patch of beach. And as we were doing it individually, we were all think praying or singing to ourselves. And I was thinking, gosh, this is pointless. But then after a few more strides, just thought, you know, that's actually what this is all about. It's not pointless for God. And one of our group, Catherine, picked up a starfish. And that cost us such an endorsement that what we're doing is the right thing. We very much hope to be able to provide a comfortable environment where 
um, those who are unchurched, we'll just be able to ask questions. And that's already happening. We think church comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes and with all sorts of expressions. There's no one thing that is church that defines exactly what it is. Those things that we would say that a church does in terms of worship, in terms of growing in discipleship, in terms of exploring the biblical story, praying together, engaging in mission, having fellowship, are happening at all sorts of levels. In the, the medium size, which is the mission community generally, the small in the cell, and the big in the whole church. My wife and I, we had a baby daughter. Uh, my wife started going to uh, a baby and toddler group, which was run by the church. And with some of the other mothers there, my wife then started going to the second son's cluster, which met at that time on Sunday afternoon. And after a couple of occasions, she invited me along. And I was reticent at first. Um, you know what, what to expect, what it was going to be like. Um, but after a bit of pyjama, I went along. They talked about their beliefs in a much more straightforward and friendly way than um, what I felt and probably come had I gone to church. I don't really know where I'd be actually if I wasn't part of a cluster. Um, there's such strong friendships, you really do support one another. Um, there's also um, social sides of things, we uh, meet up and go out together, barbecues, etc. Um, also, we have some group that meets in our house. So, um, it's, it's an intimate group and really good friendships are being built. It's like a whole treasure trove has been opened and uh, people who previously were, were sitting in the pews um, are now doing all kinds of things that they never dreamed they would be doing. And uh, as they've gone out and uh, taken on these, these new roles, new responsibilities, got involved, rolled up their sleeves in these things, um, They've, they've discovered the need to depend upon God, and so they've grown spiritually and uh, in their discipleship as well. And of course, from it, one of the big things has been that the whole release of leaders, and again, these people were sitting in the pews before, but now we have 40 missional leaders who are out there leading, and that has been fantastic. Our hope overall is that we find a way uh, to be the church in order that we can actually effectively communicate the message of Jesus and see our whole society transformed by the love of God. Uh, and the way that we would see that happening is that we will see many more uh, diverse, fresh expressions of church, missional communities, people gathering together with a common heart, a common love for Jesus, a common concern to share that love in the world, uh, so that the church will be very much one, but very diverse in its expressions in all sorts of places and all sorts of ways. Uh, and it will be probably very fluid. One of the things I think we see is that there's no longer a one-size-fits-all. Uh, the, the, the solid thing doesn't work. We need something that is flexible, is open, and in which the seeds of the gospel can grow into the fruit of a church truly following Christ. Um, if you just kind of move it on with the seeing DLC front, but that's a bit of DLC front. Um, and that's, that's all of us in front of the church. And really just to say that, that um, you know, if you look back um, 2002, where it's just when this kind of new part of the journey for us began, um, we were quite a strong, um, attractional model of church. Um, like you, we, you know, we were almost full on Sunday morning, 
um, grown quite a bit. Uh, Sunday mornings were fantastic. We've got all ages there, and um, you know, it, it, it had a great pull to it on Sunday morning. Um, and we'll see new people coming in. But interestingly, you were saying about the kind of revolving door syndrome because we were experiencing the same thing that you know, people were coming in, but we were also seeing people kind of just slowly disappearing as well, and maybe not even noticing because of the, the size of the crowd. Um, so that, that was one of the things that kind of began to alert us to, to something that we needed to, to look at. Um, and it was 2002 when um, my colleague and myself got together and, and we, we, were, we just decided to kind of you know, spend some time in prayer with the rest of our leadership team. And um, it was from that we really felt God was, was kind of taking us on a new journey in, in terms of shaping the church. And um, what we realised that the model of church we were working with was actually limited by the size of the building, um, by the number of services we might be able to put on in that building. Um, and so the question we were kind of asking was how could we create a church that wasn't limited by the size of the building, that wasn't limited by the number of professional leaders that were there. So that, that was kind of one of the questions. Um, if you can move on to that. So that's where we were basically. Um, we had um, a number of people in house groups. Um, we were attracting new people, a bit like you. We were really um, an active church. Lots of stuff going on. Um, on Sunday morning, the notices went on quite a while because there was so much happening. Um, but within all of that, um, I recognised as a new person coming in, well, what is this church about? What, what was its vision? Because there was just so much stuff going on. Um, okay, I think we've got the rest of So. We can't kind of what are the, the issues with this kind of strongly attractional model of church? Um, well, basically, I mean, it is, it has to be because of the size of it, in a sense, of Sunday morning led from the front by those who, you know, are experienced and what have you. Um, but that meant the leadership in some ways um, was quite tight. Um, it's something because, again, of the size of the gathering that you're needing to lead in a particular way. It makes it very difficult um, to be interactive and, and not much of things get picked up. Uh, we were experiencing this kind of provider client um, situation where, in a sense, it was people coming in, sitting in the queues, we were doing it, and they were going off again. Um, I mean, that's not totally the picture, but there was a lot of that in there. We were building centres. Sunday was the day when we gathered in our buildings, so the Sunday service. And, and church was about events um, rather than community. And although there, there was a sense of community within house groups and what have you, but overall, if you had kind of said to someone in the church, what, what is it about? Well, you know, it's what we do on Sunday morning, basically, the So that, that was some of the kind of issues in a sense that, that we were facing. Um, this is a wholesome part of the Just an analogy, an analogy really. Um, but, you know, it, 
when we look at the New Testament, um, it's, it's actually the mission that drives the church. It's a mission that brings the church into being. And um, if we come to the next slide, I think it's what we recognise is that it's very... I'm just going to have a quick one go yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's very easy that um, you know, mission can be the driver, but as we begin to build a church, um, and we just talked about you know, the building and all the rest of the things to be, but there's lots of stuff we then add on to what church is, um, it begins to become much more heavy weight. And you know, if you look at this kind of analogy of a, of a, of a horse pulling a cart, um, you know, it begins to get more and more difficult for the horse to pull the cart. Um, mission begins to get a bit lost. And I guess at the end of the day, you can end up with you know, getting in the cart than anything else. And um, so, again, it was just a kind of picture for us, um, or has been a picture for us, of um, you know, how easy it is to kind of lose that missional emphasis in terms of the church. Um, so, getting on to the next slide. Um, this actually was um, a, a reflection from Robert Warren, who was. Vicar of St. Tom's a long while ago, maybe, I don't know, 20-30 years ago or something like that. Um, but it was a picture of the difference between um, a church in, in like inherited mode of church, which is church being equal to the building, you know, whether the official leader, leaders, whatever, compared to a church in, in emerging or missionary mode, which is about a community um, of faith. In action, and uh, that was some of this kind of early thinking on some of this stuff. Moving on, yeah, one of the first things that, um, you know, throughout this, um, I think we've really known that we've needed to depend on God leading us through it. And one of the first things that we were kind of looking at was, was the book of Nehemiah early on, and uh, Nehemiah kind of looking at the walls of Jerusalem, um, you know, having his heart kind of, you know, raw as he, as he wept over the walls of Jerusalem, and having God's heart really for, for what, what needed to be done. Um, and in a sense, that was the thing that kind of drove him uh, to look at the building walls. But his first thing that he did was actually go around and, and kind of inspect them and see where the holes were, you know, what were the issues in that particular context that needed to be addressed. Um, and from that, we managed to mobilise everybody to get actually involved in the building and walls. Um, so again, that was quite an early picture for us of maybe what God was, was calling us to. Um, this is just uh, a few statistics and um, really a bit of a hard look at how the church is doing in terms of the nation. Um, where we've got kind of 60% of, of people simply, you know, churches not even on their radar. We've um, got the, the, the 40% of them never attended, and uh, probably half of the people who've, who've left would just, you know, the church would certainly just not be on their radar at all, and are very, very unlikely um, to step over the doors of the church. And I'm just going to question how can we reach those people? Yeah. So our question was, what was the structure, in a sense, that God wanted us to build? And what was the vehicle um, we felt that was going to help us um, to be able to address some of the things that we saw um, were not right in terms of how we were 
from the church and generation. Um, we recognise that um, you know, if we were going to reach a lot of people, then actually we had to have a kind of go strategy. We can no longer just say, come to us. We had to have a strategy which involved going to <coughs> And that's where we came across this, um, this um, vision for missional communities, or the vehicle of missional communities uh, in terms of mission. Um, and uh, it's all the time we needed to remind ourselves over and over again that you know, missional communities or clusters is actually just the vehicle. It's the vehicle for carrying the vision of reaching the world. It's the vehicle for carrying the values that, that we've got. Um, but we needed a vehicle that was helping us to be uh, intentionally missional. Okay. Um, Going back, we began with two pilot missional communities um, to start with. Um, we had a few people who kind of began to understand what it was about, and they kind of gathered with them a team of people, and there were, there were two pilot um, missional communities that, that started, and that was right back in 2004, I think it was. Um, one of them uh, really had a heart and passion to reach young families, and uh, they wanted to kind of work out what that might mean for them in terms of building the community of people who would be with them in that. Um, and the other one at that time was um, to do with the workplace. And um, there were people who were, you know, leading busy working lives. And, you know, thought, well, how, how can we also be missionaries, missionary disciples in technology? Um, that particular missional community has kind of developed and uh, it's still going but in a very um, different way now. But Joe, can I just bring you It's great to have Joe give because Joe will give you the real, you know, the, the truth. <laughs> She's the one who's um, a leader on the ground on our missional communities. Um, so she'll be able to give you, give you much more real than you have to do. Joe, do you want to give us a little bit of background of what happened? Well, we, maybe we can go back to the beginning for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, really, first of all, I heard of, of, of missional communities. We didn't call them that then. Um, I think we referred to them as clusters. Um, it was when somebody stood up in church on Sunday morning. It was a guy called Rob, and he had a vision for a cluster called Eight or Late. And it was one that Sheila had just mentioned, and it was, um, you know, really for, not exclusively, but pretty much um, aimed at professional people who work long hours, and um, they spend so much time in the workplace to actually see that as their their place of mission, let's say. So it was, it was, it was how to, you know, bring God into the workplace, how to live out your Christian life in the workplace. Um, and also get, get support and give encouragement to one another uh, within this kind of community. And so that started up in, uh, it was in 2004. Um, but it was really, um, it was really, sorry if I'm going to step in on something you're going to talk about in a minute. It was, um, it was actually in um, 2007, so the fast forward it, fast forward it. Decided, decided to go out um, because it coincided with the fact that the church um, was ready for a refurb and, and quite a serious refurb, as in gutting, taking, you know, digging up the floor, getting pews out. And um, so between 2004 and the end of 2006, um, the, uh, 
I'm talking from my perspective, I've heard a little bit about these two cluster groups. Um, but as far as I was concerned, I, I didn't really want to get involved. And um, yeah, that was great for them, but I um, didn't really know too much about it, to be honest, and didn't really want to know more about it. Um, but it was towards the end of 2006 that, that we, we heard more about them, and we were given the, the news that actually um, the church was going to be closing down for about three months um, at the start of 2007. So there isn't in a mission community or a cluster, better get in one. <laughs> and, um, and, that, and that was it. And um, so I kind of, you know, my ears were tripped up a bit more and was sort of like tuning in a bit more to this um, sort of professional group, let's say. Um, because I thought between hits and, and, and professional group, I prefer, you know, to get, get you know, to, to hook into that, the first one. Um, and I mentioned to you on the way up, I actually had a conversation with, with two people from the church, a chance meeting in a cafe, and um, uh, talking about this move out into, um, out of the church. And I was really cynical and didn't really know what it was. And it was a cluster, then, say. And um, I would move out to church. I'm quite happy there on a Sunday. And I just, yeah, wasn't wasn't up for it at all. Um, but then fast forwarding once again, by um, by the end of this sort of stint out of the church, they'd actually asked me to be part of the leadership team. So it was actually by being forced out of the church and actually doing it that I actually thought, yeah, this is actually what it's about. You know, up until then, I've very much been a passenger or a client, just turning up for, for Sunday services. And um, but now we, we actually were meeting in in a cafe, um, and uh, and we were all involved. Until that point, I'd never really been involved, and uh, you know, I was doing things from worship to to actually sort of emceeing it. Um, and it became a place that I could actually invite people to, which is which is what, what I did and what we all did. And I thought, yeah, this this is evangelism and it's working and it's and it, and it was great, so much so by the time we had to go back into the church, we were all pretty miserable about it. <laughs> because it was it was it was it was like it was really it was well it was doing what we felt God wanted us to do. And um, when we came back into the church, I think people by then had had, had hooked into one sort of group or another. Um, and from then, um, so from really um, sort of mid-2007, we continued to meet out, I think it was on a weekly basis, sorry, monthly basis, once a month. Um, and that's been, been going on um, since, since then. Um, so that's just my, you know, my, my sort of experience of it. Um, and since since that time, um, our, our our group or our, our, our yeah, missional community has, has has evolved. It's gone through quite a few changes. Um, there have been some people who joined the leadership team. People have left. Um, and once again, the group has has, has, has changed with time. For some people who really didn't get the vision. Um, didn't get the sort of the mission community vision or didn't necessarily buy into our vision as we've moved on. Um, but we're still here, that's important, and actually going through um, this important change at this, this current time, which may not come back to you later if there's an opportunity. It's not that really. Um, yeah, um, um, we'll come back to that. So, um, but this just kind of gives an idea of what mission community is about. Um, that our aim is, you know, our deal is to have 
Maybe come back to that in a minute, but the science actually we've discovered is actually quite important. Um, and one of the things we've discovered where mission communities struggled was because they were they were much too small to start with and they kind of struggled in considering the mission thing. Um, but they are led by many people with dogs, families, whatever. Um, this issue of having a distinct vision for mission, and what, what we've, I think, again discovered is the more distinct the vision for mission, whatever they work, the more defined they can make their vision, um, and actually they, it, it seems to work much better. So, so we've discovered that along the way. Um, they all came up with a name for themselves, um, but we describe who they are. And uh, one example of that, which so, um, a little bit on a little bit later, but um, is No Limits. Um, you know, this community, when they first formed the leadership, came up with this name of No Limits. And they decided that because it's, it's the, the one that is actually creating church amongst the, the severely disabled. And they come across some Jean Barnier quotes about there's no limits to God's love. Um, that we are called to go out and, and serve and love people um, and um, through that you know, we will grow. And, and it was this kind of no limits to God's love and, and they really thought that was kind of a prophetic thing God was giving them and that's what they used to call themselves. So the names have actually been quite important that people have come up with. Um, for us we felt important for the leadership team um, and maybe in a, in a minute you know, Joe can say a little bit about what she's you know, the, the things that she's found about being part of the team. Um, I think one of the issues that, that you know, I, I have you know, heard from you is, is about, you know, busy people, is, is this kind of asking about yet another thing for people to do, you know, which, which I really do not want to do. Um, but one of the issues of having a team is meant that people, you know, are working together, sharing the stuff that's going on, and working to their strengths as well. So, you know, that's really and then within the Peter Mission community, we've had the kind of small groups, the cells um, happening as well, and again, they, they've been quite important. Uh, can we move on to the next one? Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe talked about meeting in the cafe, and again, they, uh, you know, when, when they began to meet out, as eight to late, um, they met in that particular cafe because they felt that was the best place to meet in terms of their mission vision. That was the place that they felt they could invite their friends to. Um, and, and that, again, is really important. Where they meet is dictated by what the mission vision is. Um, when we've now kind of evolved in a sense, and um, some of some mission communities are no longer meeting on a Sunday, some aren't meeting just on a Sunday, but again, it's when they meet. Um, now is kind of dictated by the mission mission, who they're trying to reach. Um, we recognised, as I say, the busy lives that these things needed to be lightweight for people who were going to take on the leadership. So, if you like, the, when you showed the, the kind of picture of your church, I, I thought, is your church about to become uh, a mission base? And by becoming a mission base, that means that the centre of the church, you know, the building, the structures, the pastoral care, whatever, is the thing that is resourcing 
um, your leaders and the people who are going out on missions, so they're kind of going out from the back again, and got that rhythm going. But the centre takes on a very different function, and that's again something that we recommend as we can and just return to the centre. Um, I think it might be good to pause for a moment, because I'm sure probably already we're going to this and have anything. Maybe if we just skip on actually a couple of slides to this one person looking around. If you're going to look to that. This is this is a very interesting and um, I was asked what, what part of St. Anselm I've been part of the land community there for, for a while, and um, one of the first things they asked me to do was to draw a representation of the church. This is about two years ago, and unfortunately, I got this message uh, with 20 minutes notice. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes to be more compared to what I do. Yeah, okay. um, so I just found myself drawing all these little dots. Um, since this week, I don't know how much more time professional would be on, but I still like messing on it. Um, I draw all these little dots thinking, actually, this is the whole community, this is the whole um, possibility of people that we could reach with the people we have who are part of the community. This is the whole kind of you know, area and community and what have you. That's and um, within that, we've got the church at the centre. And of course, previously, um, what we had was this church at the centre and a fringe around it, which is what the docks are, um, and the people docks inside, are uh, the people who are inside it in a sense, and the bright docks are people who are kind of in and out of the fringe. Um, but now, um, kind of looking at that picture, we've now got these missional communities that are all around, meeting in, um, in different areas in terms of neighbourhood, in different areas in terms of networks of people. But it's kind of like we've begun to infiltrate a whole community by going out and meeting in this way and um, being the church in this way. So those kind of you know biggest bigger dotted circles are um, the communities then within the small ones are the kind of cells that um is part of that. And the arrows just kind of showing that they're coming in and, and going out uh, basically in that direction that people are kind of moving in and out of them too. Um, but um, I say it's a message, but it's still to me kind of visible to the picture really as well as what what it look like. Um, if you go on to the next one, um, I just wanted to be chatting, and I've got a couple of things on, on this about kind of models, but you know, thinking of kind of uh, the inherited model of church and the mission model of church. But I'm not sure if that's maybe the right question about where you're at. And this is something to think of, perhaps just kind of just a few minutes in small groups. I think we could certainly chat about the centre and its role within the church as we look to grow, whatever model we call it, and its relationship to what else is going on around it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, as I mentioned before, we've been, we've been through um, various ways of doing it. Um, initially, as I said before, and, and, and obviously if it, the format has, has changed with that. Um, initially, we were meeting in, in a cafe, and because it was during the shutdown of the church, we were kind of replicating what happened in the church. So it was like a mini church service. In fact, we were given a kind of a, a, a format. It's quite loose, but we pretty much did them every time. It was four W's, which was welcome, worship, word, and witness. So the welcome was like, hi, how are you doing? I've got tea. Um, then worship, obviously, sort of explanatory. Um, and then the word was um, something um, linked, linked, linked to the Bible. Um, so maybe a passage from the Bible to then, you know, to go away and discuss in groups, somebody maybe talked about that passage from the Bible, so kind of really, really certain. And then witness would be somebody who would be called in to talk about that thing because it was relevant to their, to their life. That makes sense. Four documents. So very much mirroring what happened in, in main, main church. Um, and we have, to be honest with you, we've never really shaken that off. And and um, that goes back to uh, one of the things that came out of is lightweight. And one of the questions that um, was on your, your list of things to, to look at was how much time. Um, and I think because of who we are in our group. We, all of us in our different jobs, we're very good at running things. Um, very sort of like, you know, project and mind and task orientated. And you could actually make it very heavy. And um, I think that we, we, we're still working hard at this and we need to keep checking ourselves. Um, because after we moved out of this cafe, um, for a period of time we moved into our house. Because um, we were kind of homeless, um, and then we moved from there into the town hall, which was on the first floor, um, and um, it was great for a season. We were there for I think pretty much eighteen months, nearly two years. It was a good space, um, but it was it was once again it was just like doing really doing church. And uh, it was it was good because we were building fellowship, um, so it was a very quite inward looking, and it was upward looking because the worship was good, we felt the spirit was there. But actually, looking back, we've lost the whole point of it, which was the outward, which was the mission. Um, so going back to your question in a rather long-winded way, um, that's what we have been doing until now, and it's not necessarily the right way. In fact, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't my plate, um, and it actually become less less missional, which is what was happening. Was um, the whole point of this is to, to reach people that wouldn't step over the threshold of the church, that are unchurched, and what what we come to do is actually to be that, but on a smaller scale. So people who were coming in, it's actually easier to invite them than into a church. Once they got there, we're getting a bit freaked out because we were worshipping and, you know, getting words and stuff, and we're like, whoa, I'm not coming back. Um, so what we've actually done now, is that okay if I tie it into, you know, is um, we, we, we recognise this and um, because, yeah, because it was heavyweight and because actually we weren't growing and we lost, we lost, we lost the vision, really. And um, so we, we came across um, the concept of cafe church, which I don't know if you've heard about it. 
Um, and it so happened that um, in the autumn last year, um, we got wind of the fact that Costa Coffee was opening our town. Um, and uh, Sheila had heard about it, and um, we had to quick exchange saying maybe this could be where we should move on to from the town hall. Um, and she was, you know, very encouraging about that and said, great, you know, because if she hadn't got that space, somehow I would have done. Um, and so uh, early this year, um, I wasn't there, but Sheila and the other members of the team went to a cafe church on training day. Um, and we're just starting out on, on, on that. So um, what we do there, there is some, um, I mean, it's, it's more lightweight in the sense that the resources are provided for us by cafe church network. Um, and so there's been very little preparation in that sense. Um, we don't do worship um, because it's obviously in the cafe a little bit, bit awkward and um, part of our time overlaps with when they are open to the public anyway. Um, worship was something that was hard to do, I have to say that, because of the techie, you needed a techie person. Um, and, uh, you know, on the day, it's like when you're doing a demo for work, on the day it won't work, it's just the nature of the beast. And we've had, you know, you get, you get really stressed out, you people, the members of the beast have been into floods of tears the night before because they couldn't get within to work. And um, so the good thing with Catholic churches, well, no, you're not doing worship. Um, because there's not sort of time and space to do it. Um, yeah, it might be, you might end up praying, um, but 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 that you know it would depend on who's there and the circumstances. Um, but it's very much about talking about there is God and God content, so it's not just hanging out in a cafe as nice as that may be. There is a God content. Um, the idea is it's it, it's relaxed and the people come along and ask questions um, about God and faith and things like that. It's kind of a neutral area, it's an area which is unscary. Um, and uh, so it's not like you're taking away to a town hall or some kind of you know scary alternative cafe or whatever. It's um, so everyone's kind of comfortable with it because they know the logo and all that. And um, in terms of what we do there, um, it's a welcome, so hello, how do you have a cup of coffee? Um, there's somebody who would MC it, so somebody who would kind of say, right, today we're going to be talking about um, parenting. Um, and, uh, you know, some of your parents, some of you not, some of you might want to be, some of you will be. Um, but we've got somebody today who's going to share their story of, um, you know, how it, how it is to be a parent. So they'll maybe do like a five minute talk about that. Um, at some point there's a quiz, sorry, the quiz comes to the beginning, and that's once again is provided by the church, the, the network, the church network. So you've got a bit like the quiz today, it's a great advice, you go off and do this quiz. Um, and the end of it is really discussing, so going off in here, round the tables and talking about it. Sorry, that was a very long answer to a very long question. Does that help? Yeah. So, so that's that's where we're at now. Um, I think the thing with it is to constantly review um, and to check what we're doing because otherwise you run the risk of becoming very angry. Feeling the onus of actually trying to trying to do what they're doing in church, but actually that's not what it's about because the whole point is that you're doing it because people. We weren't coming into the church, mm. or if they were, they were then going out again. What often do you meet and for how long? Um, the Sunday at Costa, we, we kick off at five, um, and then that's just a you know, meet and greet for about half an hour, and then the actual content will be from 5.30 to 6.30, and that's the second Sunday of every month. As a leadership team, um, depending on what's happening, we'll meet, um, I'd say, once a month on average. 
Um, another thing we do that I haven't mentioned yet is that we, we have events. Um, because we feel that a way of um, getting people um, into the church building, um, mixing with other Christians, um, is by doing events. Um, and this is a good way, kind of a feeder for the Sunday meetings. Um, events like we've done recently, like the wine tasting event, um, we've got a salsa event coming up in July. Those are the things that, that are really quite draining because there's a lot of micromanagement with any of you organised event, whether it's a party or at home to an event for work. There's a lot of micromanagement. Those are things that we found to be like a dream in our, you know, our time and our energy. Um, and we have those perhaps varies by say once every four to six months. So we meet at the events on the day. Um, we meet when we have the leadership team meeting, um, and we meet once a month on Sunday. We've recently introduced meeting once a month, midweek on a Wednesday, and the whole point when the first one was this, uh, this week, and she came along to it. And the point of that is really to be praying in ways, praying ahead for events, praying for various people in the group, the chance for a bit of pastoral, um, and um, yeah, and just maybe be a building, building function, which you can't really do. From some of the ideas, it's not for us; it's for other people. So it's a chance to look after ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned cell groups within the national community, that way. Mm -hmm. so that might within that community, then some people get together, obviously, to do work, so that's what I'm saying, is that what? Because I, I assume that cell group would be like a bit of a national community. Mm -hmm. So that, and within, yeah. Um, if you could click on, we've <laughs> done kind of, I don't know, I'm trying to work on that. Okay, I'm trying to tell, I'm sorry, about that form size or something to look. Could I suggest maybe so that we do up in and out and look at the principles of that and then take a 10 minute yeah, break? Yeah, yeah. Um, just to kind of stretch and. Is, probably, yeah. is that alright? Um, okay. Oh, I keep going, sorry. <laughs> right, okay. Um, that is, basically, this is. Um, uh, a kind of a picture, if you like, of, of a balanced Christian life. Um, and, um, you know, if you look at probably the values you've got, they will kind of fit into those three areas of, you know, up, upwards worshipping God, um, inwards building the church and, and kind of, you know, building up ourselves in that sense, and then the outward element of, of uh, evangelism and mission and in the world. And I think one of the things that we've realised we've had to kind of work right away through and continue to work at it is how we can um, make sure that that kind of keeps in balance. Because if you take on the next one, if I turned it on its side, that, that triangle, because what we've realised is that it's, it's always the, the out that kind of gets dropped off really so easily. Um, it's a mission that kind of so easily gets dropped off in life in church. And unless we keep that at the forefront all the while, um, then actually, you know, we can lose it. So 
When we kind of now meet with Amish communities and we, we have learning communities that come twice a year, um, we can kind of talk to them in terms of, so how are things looking in terms of your balance of Christian life? How much time are you spending as a Christian community in you know, worshipping God, listening to God, that kind of thing? How much time are you spending in the mission? How much time are you actually spending together? And I think that what we've discovered is the three sizes, if you like, of meeting together. The cell is a small group, which is six to twelve people perhaps. The mission community is the same as kind of twenty to fifty, so it's a different sized group. And then the celebration is what we do on a Sunday morning in the church building. But we found that, you know, the celebration, the strength of that is that we gather together in that big size. Is, is worshiping God, isn't it? That sense of God's presence as we gather together and big, and, and in the sense that that is the place where that is a strength. Um, the cell is great for actually fellowship, building one another up, bringing one another up. Our missional community, the size of the missional community, is, is really great for actually doing the mission, being able to kind of pull on stuff. Um, and, um, and, and I think it was Bob Hopkins in St. Thomas and Sheffield that came up with the um, uh, sort of um, enough to dare, <laughs> small enough to dare, and, 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 and actually the size of it means that it's, it's big enough to be able to put on stuff. And then when we've got six to eight people and we're trying to kind of become the do outreach stuff, it's actually quite difficult. If you've got 20 to 50 people, we're all going to get involved in it, and it is much easier. Mm-hmm. And also, that size of the group, people can kind of come into and hang around the edges mm-hmm. and still be slightly wise. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can get into a group of six to twelve. I know as a new Christian, how long it took me to get into a small group. <laughs> so, um, it's a bit scary. On that. No, I just need to very interesting your focus being on missional communities and that's why we're talking about that today in the sense of always trying to get out there because our best will in the world you know we say well, what we do oh let's meet on Sundays and we're always going back into Christian tradition and what we've done before which is more about me and less about being out there in some sense and you're suggesting looking to form missional, new missional communities not always new cells cells will happen is what I get a sense of but if you're interested to form a new missional community yes and it needs a specific mission purpose, needs a mission statement and a name that relates to its purpose. I mean, when we first started out, we did have, I think, two cells that came up with a vision and a mission. Um, and so the, 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 the vision actually kind of came from the cell, but actually they then gathered more people around them um, in order to become, you know, a reasonable size to do it. And that cell continued and they formed another cell alongside them. How do you decide um, on the focus for each group? I mean, would a group happen, for instance, if they identified a geographical area that perhaps needed some kind of help? Yeah, we, we do have one that is based on geographical area. And again, it was some people that lived in that area. Um, they recognised that there were all kinds of needs there. And, um, you know, they just had a heart and passion for kind of connecting that area. So, um, you know, that, that became their, their vision, really. We wanted to kind of reach that, that area. We caused a lot of them and serve that area. Um, and so, again, that's another one that has evolved because 
And I think in some ways it, you know, it was quite frightening that um, it doesn't, we don't always get it right the first time, maybe, you know, kind of a lot of them started out on this journey and, and kind of tried something. And it may or may not work, and they may then have to go, okay, maybe that isn't quite the right thing. They've still got the vision of what they want to do, but they may not have the right place for meeting or be doing the right thing or whatever, and it's kind of trying to work that out as they go along. Um, I mean, that, for the next PowerPoint, I've got some more stories which might. Sounds great. I think we're probably at the stretch though, and it's got a lot of information, and it's a Saturday morning, so if you want to do that, do whatever you have to do, we'll say 25 to 12, and we'll start again.